Welcome to So It's a Show. Pew, pew, pew. So excited to have you here with us today. And welcome to the Double Digits. Yeah, welcome to it, Taylor. You <laughs> made digits it. Double Digits of podcasting. Woohoo! <laughs> it feels pretty good. Yes, it does. Hello, Kyla. How are you? You're feeling um, good? I am feeling great, Taylor. How about you? I'm feeling pretty good because we've made it into the double digits of the podcasting world, which I realize something like that. It does not hold the candle to many a person. (laughs) We are no NPR. Well, I think we're a little more fun. What? Oh, suck it, NPR. This is always a good way to start your podcasting career. (laughs) Insult the leaders of the industry. (laughs) I take that back. NPR, I love you. (laughs) We love you, Ira Glass. And um, Code Switch, that's a great podcast. Pop Mm -hmm. Culture Happy Hour, that's a great podcast. Except that's not NPR, but that's Ira Glass. Oh, is it? Okay. It's on (laughs) one of those, like, everyone's talking about it on Twitter, and I know I should listen. I just haven't done it yet. You haven't? No. I've been listening to my Code Switch and Pop Culture Happy Hour. Those are always on, though. Those are old. You gotta get with the new. Uh, they have new episodes every week, Kyla. <sighs> with different content. It's true. But I, I like to jump <laughs> around. I'll admit, I'm not a great loyal listener. I come back, but I just circle around. I go in spurts. Those have been two. Like, I listened to Code Switch this morning, and then... What else did I listen to? I can't remember. I switch between Spotify and podcasts all day at work. Yeah. Yeah, I'm an iTunes girl, but yeah, iTunes and podcasts. <laughs> I do iTunes podcasts. Oh. But yeah, yeah, S-Town, it is definitely surprising. And like I was entertained the entire time. And in case anyone cares for my opinion on S-Town, totally entertaining. Was not satisfied at the end. So I think I'm going to re-listen. Is it going on to another season? No, it's done. Okay. Hmm. But yeah, I just, it, yeah, it wasn't satisfying for me. So I think I'm going to go back and re-listen. I listened to it in the span of maybe like five days. So I'll listen Mm -hmm. to it closer together and see if that makes a difference. But anyways, I love new shows though. So it was still exciting. And the... Uh, Missing Richard Simmons, listen to that, which was also great, and I told you about that one, so. Yes, that one's on my to-listen list. The controversy around it is definitely interesting to me, so I will be anxious to listen to it and see what I take away from it. Yeah, yeah, the controversy, I don't know, I don't, you know, we have tabloids and we have people writing articles about celebrities all the time so this podcast is not negative toward richard simmons so i'm uh i'm not seeing the difference between this and what Hmm. people do by taking photos except for the photos are more invasive because they definitely don't get those people permission and the guy spoiler alert did not sneak a recorder into richard simmons home (laughs) and record him (laughs) so yeah i would definitely have ethical problems with that so that's good to know but we can check in once i've listened to it yes we'll do and that's our new segment kyla and taylor talk major podcast news that is a couple weeks old (laughs) and here's our take on it 
So I hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> and um, we are fans of NPR. We yes, love NPR. <laughs> clear that up. Yeah. But a little bit of news. So we're moving to a different podcast host. So we'll still be right there where you've been finding us. But if you want to continue to subscribe to us, you have to just resubscribe because the RSS feed changes. Anyways, technical things aside, just resubscribe and continue listening. And then we promise not to move ever again. <laughs> yes. As far as we can tell. Yes. Knock on wood. That was a knock on wood. I believe you. <laughs> yeah. We're sorry for the inconvenience, but we were thinking better to do it now than later. Yeah. So bear with us. Follow us along. Follow yes. us. On to Blueberry. That is missing the E's. Yeah. It's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y. It helps it come up in a search better. <laughs> true. Maybe that's why all the tech companies do it. Tinder, Flickr. Oh. Not Uber. They do have an E. Uber. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Kirk's didn't have the E because it had three O's. Maybe. <laughs> he probably spelled it and I'm just forgetting, but. <laughs> I, I don't remember how he spelled it. So there's I, a little bit of housekeeping. Yes. And side note, when I went to California last week and used Ooh. told my parents I used Uber, my mom was like, was it Uber? <laughs> yes. There you go. She feel pretty cool saying that. Uh, she just liked referencing Kilmore Girls, and I couldn't complain. <laughs> no, not Uber. Uber. Three O's instead of a U. Okay, but it's... Uber. Uh, right, but it's this... Uber. So, let's get into this pop culture reference, because it's a fun one, I think. Alrighty. Let's get into it, pony boy. Maybe we should just forget about this. Okay. I mean, it's just a dance. What's the big deal? Beats me. And these kids at my school? Awful. Have you seen The Outsiders? Yeah, I have. Just call me Pony Boy. <laughs> Poor little Rory. On and the outside. I know. And actually, so when I first heard this reference, The Outsiders is a thing that I knew existed, but I did not know anything about it. And when I watched the episode, I did not realize that Pony Boy was part of the Outsiders reference. I thought those mm. were two separate pop culture references. And funnily enough, there's another part of the episode where they reference Tom Waits, not in mentioning mm. the Outsiders, but he's in the Outsiders. And so mm, Lorelai says something like, or it'll be all sparkly and exciting and you'll be standing on the dance floor listening to Tom Waits. And <laughs> he's in it, but that was not necessarily an Outsiders reference. Huh. I think that was on purpose. I would think so. It's definitely self-aware. Mm-hmm. And Tom Waits, maybe this is an Easter egg, but not really. He, I believe, is the person who sings the song at Richard's funeral in A Year in the Life. Hmm. And what I thought was one of the best scenes of the revival. Hmm. Maybe he has a fan in Amy Sherman Palladino. I think so. Because something did. <sighs> and the orphans and the orphans. And the memories like a train. You can see it getting smaller as it pulls away. Yeah, when I heard it, I did not know I hadn't heard of The Outsiders. I feel like you know more of these references than I do, <laughs> which is fine. <laughs> but I... Some of them I just know by name. 
And like Errol Flynn, I knew of him, but I didn't really know anything about him. Mm-hmm. But The Outsiders, with the name, I was just like, okay, The Outsiders. I Because she was referring to her class, her school, I thought The Outsiders must be movie TV show with a lot of really mean kids. But then she called herself Pony Boy, and I just had no idea. Like, it would have made more sense if she would have said... Like, uh, if if he would have said, do they really hate you that much? And then she would have said, well, have you seen The Outsider? Because then I would have been like, oh, okay, she's on The Outside, right? But the title didn't make sense to me when, in, just by context, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Well, so basically neither of us had any idea what she was talking about. No. And then when he asks her, are you happy, pony boy, at the dance, <laughs> I'm like... So, I don't think I would want my boyfriend to call me Boy. <laughs> what does that mean? At, a, at my first dance. <laughs> now I get it. Uh. And it's a little less weird. So, Pony Boy, you happy? Yeah, I'm happy. But if you don't understand the first pop culture reference, then that one is still not going to make you understand but you just know Rory's happy and she's with Dean and la da yeah. I can figure out the plot of Gilmore Girls from the context but I did not get the pop culture reference right but now we do yeah because we both watched The Outsiders and to be clear I did not realize this when I watched it but there is a 1983 theatrical version which I think is the one we both watched from what mm-hmm. I can tell and then I found out later there was an extended called extended version called The Outsiders the Complete Novel that was released Ooh. in 2005 which we will get into. Mhm. But yeah, we both watched the original, would you call it? <laughs> yeah, the first. I guess so. Mhm. The OG. Which is a Francis Ford Coppola film and he also directed The Godfather movies, Apocalypse mm-hmm. Now. He's also in the new Netflix documentary Five came back, which was excellent, by mm. the way. And he directed a lot of The Simpsons. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I didn't either, <laughs> but now I do. I was actually, I watched, um, I was watching, uh, I forget what video about it, but it was recorded from a TV, so there was a commercial, and Bart Simpson showed up and was talking about The Outsiders. Listen up, America. Open House, Gary Shandling, and my close personal friend, Tracy Ullman, will not be seen tonight. Now stay tuned for a sneak preview of The Outsiders, a new series executive produced by Bart Simpson. Bart! Okay, okay, a new series executive produced by Francis Ford Coppola. Satisfied, Homer? So The Outsiders, about rival gangs, is what the description always says, but Mm -hmm. it didn't feel so rival gang to me so much as two groups of boys from different sides of the tracks who just were at odds at any moment, but it didn't have the feel of, like, West Side Story, like they wanted to murder each other. Mm, Kind of. I mean, I guess it just didn't feel as defined gangs to me. It was more class warfare, it felt like. Like, I'm a Soch, which is middle-class rich kid, Mm-hmm. And then, or I'm a greaser, which is lower class kid on the wrong side of the tracks. Right. Yeah, so that's why it didn't feel, 
uh, so much gang rivalry as much as just different groups of people. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. class war. But we mostly, you follow the greasers. They're the protagonists, of course, because mm-hmm. they're the lower class. Um, what would you call that? The uh... Yeah, that's a, they're just not as rich. I don't know if I, it seems like the difference is the Soches are white collar and the greasers are blue collar. Like, I feel like the greasers keep talking about work and how they're mm-hmm. going to get their next paycheck and where they're coming from. Whereas the Soches are showing off their cool cars and mm-hmm. keeping busy that way. So it seems like their families have money. And, like, even Diane Lane, which we're going to get to the cast in a second. The cast <laughs> of this movie is amazing, incredible. So Diane Lane is in the movie. And she, I mean, she definitely dresses like she's middle class. Right. Very smooth, silky hair clean outfit mm-hmm. yeah so they weren't and that was one part of the surprising part for me is that you have the socias who are middle to upper why are they getting in these fights all the time you know why don't they just sit at home and watch their black and white or maybe color colored tvs you know why why fight with these other people not to say like like, I guess, I don't know if that makes me sound like, like, well, of course the lower class people would fight, but just what was their reasoning for it when they had it so good? Like, what do they need to prove? It seems like, honestly, just prejudice and bias. The fact that they think these lower class kids are, they enjoy picking on them, it seems mm-hmm. like. And also a lot of the scenes we see them, they're drunk. The yeah. socials. And so... At that time, their judgment is impaired, and they are yeah. probably not thinking logically. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We follow, let's see, all their crazy names. So we've got Daryl. Patrick freaking Swayze. Wowza. <laughs> yes. That's the first one out of the gate, but it keeps coming. Mm-hmm. Then we've got Soda Pop. Rob Lowe, who has not aged a day. Yowza. Yeah. Then we've got a pony boy. Hey, hey. This one wasn't quite as exciting. It's C. Thomas Howell, which is cool, but not quite as cool as some of these other people. I'm sorry, C. (laughs) Thomas Howell. You were great in this movie. You just don't have seen quite the cultural impact that Mm -hmm. some of these other guys have had. Then we've got Johnny. Ralph Macchio, a.k.a. Karate Kid. The which, Karate Kid? Yes, the Karate Kid. Not Jaden Smith Karate Kid. The original <laughs> Karate Kid. Not Hilary Swank Karate Kid. Oh, yeah. She was the Karate Kid, too. I mm-hmm. forgot about that. Then we have, let's see, uh, Dallas. Matt Dillon. Mm-hmm. Two-bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm having to... Okay, this is how great this cast is. I keep scrolling. Emilio Estevez, member of the Breakfast Club. Hold up. <laughs> And then last, and certainly not least in cultural impact, Steve. A.K.A. Tom Cruise, who (laughs) only had like 10 lines in this movie. Yes, very small part. Which, if you look at his filmography, I think this is like his last minor role before he blows Mm. up. I think his next movie role, let me see. His next movie role was something called Losing It. 
But it came out the same year as Risky Business, <laughs> which was his big breakout role. So. Right. And, I mean, all of, none of these people were big stars when when he, when he they were cast in this movie. Even Patrick Swayze, the director, was saying uh, in, in a video, in an interview that I watched that he had seen Patrick Swayze in a cheesy skater uh, roller skating film. Mm-hmm. And was that really, like, all that he had done before this? Well, Dirty Dancing definitely hadn't happened. Ghost definitely hadn't happened Mm -hmm. because those were late 80s. So, let's see. I'm pulling up his... He was in Skate Town, USA. Yeah, that's what it was. was (laughs) And then he was in an episode of MASH, something called The Comeback Kid, something called Return of the Rebels, something called The Renegades. Wow, something so called like... Uncommon Valor. Yeah, this was and then, everyone's start, it seems like. Yeah, he was on a TV show called The Renegades. And then The Outsiders. And then what did he do next? Um, Something else I've never heard of. Oh, wait. Just kidding. It's Red Dawn, which is that Korean invasion movie, I think, yeah. that got remade a couple years ago with one of the Hemsworth brothers and... <laughs> Josh Hutcherson. <laughs> and then a bunch of stuff that I've never heard of. Oh, and then there's Dirty Dancing in 1987. Mm. I'm going to say The Outsiders was big for all of these actors. Except, for I mean, sure. some of them didn't go on. Which, ironically enough, the actor who played Ponyboy Curtis, the main yeah. character, didn't go on to fame and fortune. Well, he's still acting today. So, he... Is still, it's not like he fell out of the industry. Mm-hmm. I just think he hasn't had as huge roles. So, like, I'm scrolling through his IMDb, and a lot of these I'm like, oh, I've maybe heard of that. Or, like, Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce. That's no. something that's on TV that he was on that I have heard of. <laughs> this, he was on Grimm, the TV show. He had an arc there. Let's see. He's done a lot. He was on Southland. That was another TV show. He's been on Criminal Minds. But not he was in... many leading roles. No. So yeah. he's busy, though. Yeah. I mean, which is fine. I'm just <laughs> yeah pointing that out. It is interesting. It was interesting hearing from the casting director, whose name is, I don't know, well, I, why wouldn't I write that down? <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> but he actually casted for... Some of the movies that you listed off that the director had directed previously. Francis Ford Coppola? Yeah. Yeah. He worked with him on several other movies. Uh, he casted Apocalypse Now and The Godfather. He worked with him on that. So they worked together quite a few times. And yeah. he talked about his process for casting for this movie, which is unique from anything that had been done previously and... From what he said since, that could have changed by now. And he had all the actors, all the boys, come into the same room. And they he split them off into groups. And they each read for different characters. He would move them around. They were all in the same room together. Which, usually, it's just one at a time, as we saw in La La Land. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we which is the that. definitive representation of everything that ever happened in Hollywood. Yes. that Yeah, that's... It is. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. 
So I had them all in the room going off each other and some other people I recognized in the video of tryouts. And one of them was Adam Driver, who was, wait, Adam Driver? Is that the right name? Well, Adam Driver is pretty modern. I don't think he, he would have been probably a baby about the time the Outsiders oh, came out. I am so bad with names, Taylor, and I forget to write them down. Um, no, okay. But I'm enjoying it, I want you to know. <laughs> so, who I'll are we talking? Continue. So there were some people, faces you could recognize in the video. We'll put that on our Tumblr. But one of them, most notably, was someone who auditioned for Pony Boy, who has gone on to have great success, and that was a little, I don't know if you know him, Leonardo DiCaprio. What? What? <laughs> he okay. was such a little baby in this video. It was adorable. <laughs> he had to have been young because, gosh, he was on Growing Pains in the 80s, I think. I mean, he was pretty young. He was still baby-faced when Titanic yeah. came out in the late 90s. Yeah, he looked like he looked like 12. I mean, but these kids were in high school in this movie. Yeah. So, as much as I hate to say it, probably not the right role for him. Even though Ponyboy was just 14. Why do you say that? Well, if he's that little. He has to be convincing yeah. in as a murder, murder accomplice. Mm-hmm. But the Karate Kid, I mean, he yeah, was that's true. the tiniest. And I think they did that mm -hmm. on purpose. Make him look a little more innocent. Mm -hmm. A little more yeah. shocking. But a couple other things. they Matt Dillon, who played mm -hmm. Daryl. Or no, yes. Dallas. <laughs> who was basically the leader of the Greasers. Yeah, he was. He knew what to do. He mm -hmm. was street smart. Played by Matt Dillon. And the casting director actually sent Matt Dillon home early. So he called up his manager and he said, I... I guess i screwed it up i didn't get it and you know everyone else is still there and it was actually because the casting director knew right away oh. he is my dallas and he just sent him home because he's like yeah i don't need to say anymore perfect you're good and then uh rob lowe was talking about watching c thomas Howell try out and the casting team they brought on people to play other roles and Mr. Howell continued to play Pony Boy, sent all the other actors away, brought on more. Howell stayed on his Pony Boy. So you could see he was just trying to see who fit with him. So pretty unique process. And it was neat to watch it, uh, watch the video of it. That's pretty cool. And because the movie is such an ensemble movie, that makes a lot of sense. Because mm -hmm. it all depends on the chemistry. You have to believe that these boys would fight to the death for each other. That they would stick mm -hmm. together no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're a, yep. a gang. They're a rival bros. gang. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, not quite. You're about 20 no. years too early in the movie time. So we open on a sunset. We've got Pony Boy, but we don't know that's his name yet. And he's writing something. And you can tell he's flashing back to some events. We flash back one of the early scenes. He's at a movie theater drive-in, which definitely reminded me of Greece. I wrote Ode to Greece" in my notes because 
a boyfriend you could tell had tried something on his girlfriend that she did not appreciate. (laughs) And that girlfriend is Cherry, a.k.a. Diane Lane. And she meets Pony Boy and the Karate Kid. And Matt Dillon, who is being super harassing to her. And Mm -hmm. so that made me think he was going to be a terrible terrible person and then he kind of turned out to be okay so i didn't know how to take in the scene where he's being very harassing and not taking right. no for an answer so but she hits it off with pony boy and karate kid they get along well and she's a sh- soch the upper class kids and other soches there don't like that some of the greaser kids are talking to her aka pony boy and karate kid and matt Dillon. <laughs> and so they sort of threaten them, and she was mad at her boyfriend, but she agrees to get back in the car with him just so they'll stop bothering Pony Boy and his friends. So then later that mm-hmm. night, Pony Boy and Karate Kid are hanging out on the jungle gym at night <laughs> because one, I guess it's Karate Kid's parents are fighting it out, and he doesn't want to go home. And yeah. Pretty hardcore fighting. Yes, and Pony Boy lives with his brothers, Rob Lowe and Patrick Swayze, because his parents died. And so they fall asleep at the playground, and then Patrick Swayze's all mad. Where have you been? He hits him, so he goes back to the playground. Then the Soshas show up drunk. They get into a fight. They're about to drown Pony Boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were drowning uh, That him. was pretty intense. And they're drowning him Mm -hmm. in a fountain. And then Karate Kid pulls out a knife. Does not pull out his karate moves. Side note. Because Karate Kid had not (laughs) happened yet. And he stabs one of the Soshas and he dies. Dun, dun, dun. So now he's a murderer. They run to Matt Dillon for help. He tells them, get on a train. There's this abandoned church some miles down the tracks. You can hide out there. I'll come find you when it's safe. So they basically have to just hang out in this abandoned church, reading Gone with the Wind, getting food. Eating, eating yes. bologna sandwiches. They, um, Pony Boy <laughs> dyes his hair bleach blonde. Which I kind of like. Well, it looks better when he styled it, but I thought it was weird yeah. that Karate Kid didn't dye his hair because he's the one who actually committed the murder. But he's darker skin, so it would look really out of place if his hair was I guess, but if it's all about the disguise, I don't know. Didn't make sense to me. Yeah, that was my only (laughs) rationale for it. So, finally, Matt Dillon comes. He takes him out to eat. Says it's probably okay now, but before they leave town... Okay, and you have to explain... (laughs) This was weird to me. (laughs) Uh-huh. So this is, they're up there for like a half hour of the movie. And then all of a sudden they drive past the church. It's burning down. And for some reason, a school was on tour of this abandoned church. Yeah, and you know, so I there were didn't really think about it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this abandoned building, which we've seen the inside of. There's nothing to see. Mm-mm. But for some reason... A group of, like, third-grade children was inside the burning abandoned church. So Karate Kid, Pony Boy, and Matt Dillon run in to save some of the kids and get them out. Mm -hmm. But Karate Kid 
gets stuck under some burning building when it collapses and he ends up with some major burns. Mm -hmm. So he goes to the hospital and they all come back to town and even though they were worried about it, Ponyboy's older brothers are happy to see him. And this is where things get a little, like, what's going on with the plot here? Mm-hmm. I had some... Okay, this movie I liked, but there were some weird pacing things. Mm-hmm. Like, agree. they go to the church for, like, a half hour of the movie, and then they come back, and you're like, what's going to happen? Is this rumble ever going to go down? And <laughs> Pony Boy has a conversation with one of the kids from the Soches, and they're like, actually, I don't hate you, but this rumble still has to happen. <laughs> We still have to fight this out. Because things never change. So then this scene was epic. There were a lot of night scenes, a lot of smoky atmospheres, but the climax of this movie is the be-all, end-all. So the rumble (laughs) is finally happening. The Soches come to the Greasers' territory. It starts pouring rain. And so you've got this pan shot. Of all the greasers lined up next to each other, mm-hmm. Matt Dillon, not Karate Kid because he's in the hospital, Rob Lowe, Emilio Estevez, Tom Cruise, C. Thomas Howell, Patrick Swayze, they're all in a line, and they fight it out. It's this epic fight in the rain, and <laughs> so... I loved is- how they zoomed in to individual, you know, one-on-one yeah. battles, so a lot of the Tom Cruise won't... Tom Cruise fights. I was just laughing at because he just I know looked ridiculous. I I I honestly did have I was just chuckling the whole time and then I realized wait, like this is serious. Someone could die. They're beating the heck out of each other. Mm-hmm. Um so I had to stop, but yeah, it was just it was a little comical because also all the shows soshas were wearing these tight khaki pants. And yeah. And I'm like, their moms are going to kill them. They're getting them all muddy. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think anybody dies. They basically just mm-hmm. wrestle it out and the greasers win somehow. They decide that they win. Uh-huh. The socials run away. I guess that. Yeah. I guess they got scared off. So... Yay, good for them. But then they go to the hospital to see Karate Kid, and he dies. Mm -hmm. And Matt Dillon is really upset, so he robs a convenience store at gunpoint and gets in a shootout with the police, and the police kill him. As the rest of the gang come running up yelling, it's not loaded, it's not loaded, because his gun was empty. He just... yeah. I guess he wanted to die. He knew what he was doing. Because he was so devastated by Karate Kid's death. <laughs> and that's pretty much the end of the movie. You then flash forward to Pony Boy remembering all this. Oh, because Karate Kid wrote him a letter that he had mm-hmm. hidden in Gone with the Wind. And he basically said, tell Matt Dillon that I think... My death is worth it because I saved all these kids. Mm -hmm. But he never got to tell him because Matt Dillon died. Yeah, that was really sad. But he told him to stay rose or stay gold. Stay gold. Stay gold from the the Robert Frost poem. Yeah. And then we fade out on a Stevie Wonder song called Stay Gold. (laughs) Which I think was maybe 
the weirdest part of this movie. <laughs> Stevie Wonder was the sound. I love Stevie Wonder, but I wouldn't have picked him as the go-to voice. Yeah. So that's the summary of The Outsiders. That is the movie. Which I liked, but the plot was a little... It felt the pacing was weird. Yeah, I agree that it was the pacing, because I spent a lot of time, like, in the church, and so I was thinking, are they going to stay here forever, the rest of the movie? That's what I thought. And then they didn't, and so I was like, oh, they're coming back, but no one got arrested because they saved those kids in the church, and so they had all this positive publicity in the local Oklahoma paper. So I think that really Mm -hmm. saved them. Plus, you know, one of them was in the hospital, but you do see Pony Boy uh get acquitted in court cherry testifies that it was you know she saw her boyfriend and them drunk and upset with them before so it was self-defense but then the movie ends with her not acknowledging him at high school because once again nothing changes okay that makes so much more sense because i haven't watched that deleted scene oh what deleted scene that deleted scene you just described oh it was not in my version oh so i did watch the new version because i thought it was so weird that diane lane was barely in this movie because she's in the beginning and then i saw her right before the rumble and basically she says something like sorry i can't change anything but that's it. There, I didn't have any courtroom scenes. Oh, yeah. So there's a, a little montage and you hear him speak a little bit and you see her testify. And then they say, Pony Boy, you're free to go. Okay, now I need to watch it because I didn't see that <laughs> scene at all. Oh, okay, cool. So I watched the new version. We didn't even know it. Well, and it's interesting you say that too because so – The movie originally came out in 1983, and then the re-release with Extended, the complete novel, which I guess you watched, (laughs) came out in 2005, and it generally got better reviews in the longer Ah, version. So in the 1983, when it came out in 1983, Roger Ebert only gave it two and a half stars, Mm. and... Honestly, his review kind of just sounds like this just wasn't the kind of movie that, I don't know. He didn't sound, I I don't know. It just seemed like he just didn't care for the movie, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But also, I don't want to insult Roger Ebert and question him because he's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) But he basically said the story wasn't convincing and he didn't like how he posed the two heroes against a lurid sunset and bathes them in backlight so improbably reddish orange that the kids look like Gordon McRae in Oklahoma. But I felt like that was very <laughs> consistent with the theme, that visual theme of stay gold, of mm-hmm. like don't get jaded yeah. and stay positive and which is basically like don't get wearied down by the world. Mm-hmm. Which is like, what happened to Dallas. Yeah. And so Pony Boy is able to see through it. And he said, now this I do agree with for sure. He said the thin mar- narrative material for the outsiders only adds up to a movie of 90 minutes. And even then, there are scenes that seem to be killing time. I totally agree with mm. that. So it does, it's kind of like we're going here, we're going there. It's not a great pacing. Right. I, I think the best part was the characters. Agreed. I liked them. So it was great performances. And I actually, the story itself, 
I liked. It just mm-hmm. felt like I, I was like, I don't know where we're going with this. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. So, yeah, my movie, my version was two hours long. Wow. So I guess they did add a lot then. Yeah. Huh. Now I kind of want to watch your version because I wonder what's <laughs> missing. You know, I don't even know yeah. what the differences are. There's some of this that gets outlined in the Rolling Stone review of the re-release. But it's not a lot. So I think it just sounds like they, maybe the pacing was even better in yours. Because it sounds like yeah. they just tried to help with some of the pacing and like that courtroom scene. Yeah. Give it. Uh, give a little more insight to what's going on, too. And make it more faithful to the book, it sounds mm, like. Okay. And it was interesting, the lady who wrote the book, she actually wrote it when she was in high school, when she was a junior. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she was from Tulsa, which is where they the book was based and the movie was based and filmed. Mm-hmm. And the theater, the drive-in movie theater that we were talking about, um, that scene... Mm-hmm. was filmed at the drive-in that she went to as a high schooler. And she actually oh. saw the scene play out with Cherry, um, but it was just another girl being upset at her boyfriend and going and sitting down in mm-hmm. one of the chairs. And she wrote that into the book. So that took place right there. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. And she had a bit of an inception moment. She said that she's seen that movie the movie play at that theater with the scene of the drive-in and it's kind of trippy right because like watching it from that drive-in oh that's funny yeah well and it's interesting too when did the book come out again 1967 okay so she was 15 when she started writing the book but finished yeah when she was 16 published at 18 that's impressive that is pretty impressive also, that's really interesting that it came out in the 60s because it feels so consistent with a lot of the themes in teen 80s movies in the 80s. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like a lot of them are about class. Like if you think about The Breakfast Club, there's a lot that has to do mm-hmm. with class there. You know, like Molly Ringwald's family is rich, whereas Judd Nelson's family is definitely blue collar working class also pretty in pink, Molly Ringwald on the other <laughs> side of the tracks this time, right. fine in love with Andrew McCarthy, who's in the upper class. I mean, those are both John Hughes movies, but there are were other movies too, teen romances that had a lot to do with class situations. And so even though this book was written in the 60s, it feels very contemporary with 80s themes. Yeah. Okay, so I just need to pull out. These are some of my favorite moments, and I just want people to know these are in here. Please share. And I think these should be in both versions that you watch. People, this movie is worth watching because we already described the fist fight to end all fist fights. But also, Tom Cruise backflips off of a truck bed. (laughs) I just want you to know that. And I just want you to know, too. I keep saying that, but this is really important because this was maybe my favorite moment of the whole movie. The visual image that will stay with me. Emilio Estevez in a Mickey Mouse tank top watching Mickey Mouse on TV <laughs> while he's eating cake and drinking a beer. And not just a, a piece of cake. An entire chocolate cake is in front of him. Yes. I hope I take that image to my grave because it just brings me so much joy. Oh, yeah. It was just like so childish and yet the beer. <laughs> 
Yes. Uh, and he's definitely about to do a rumble. And I wish he did the rumble in the Mickey Mouse tank top. I don't think he did. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was too funny. Um, okay. And something else. <laughs> so there's a scene where Rob Lowe comes out of the shower and wraps a towel around himself. Uh-huh. And, you know, whatever. Rob Lowe. But well, I didn't think much of it. Watching the video of the casting director talk, he mm-hmm. called Rob Lowe pretty. And <laughs> he called him several lovely things complimenting his physical appearance. But pretty was what he just ended on. He said, no, pretty is the best best word to use to describe him. So then he gets a scene coming out of the shower. So I'm just putting that out there. Kind of interesting. <laughs> Um, that's really weird that the casting director would feel the need to say that multiple times. (laughs) I I would feel a little uncomfortable if I were Rob Lowe and know, knowing that I'm going to have to do a scene in a towel Mm -hmm. and the casting director keeps talking about me that way. Well, maybe the towel scene was decided later. Oh boy. (laughs) I hope not. That would make me feel weird. Uh, but he said this to the camera, not to Rob Lowe himself. Um, but, you know, he's the <laughs> casting director, so he's looking at their physical appearance, and, you know, that's all part of it. But it was, yeah, thought that was pretty funny. Alrighty. I mean, Rob Good Lowe, I would call him pretty, though, because he's not, like, tough, macho. He's he's pretty. <laughs> he's a good-looking dude. And he still looks the same as when this movie came out. Yes, he does. That is incredible. Fun fact, mm-hmm. Rob Lowe never ages, like Paul Rudd. He was incredibly pretty. Pretty is even a better word than handsome for Rob. Oh, one deleted scene that I... Oh, wait, but see, was that in my movie now? Well, I was looking up deleted scenes. Maybe this scene didn't make it into even the cut that I watched. Pony Boy's lighting a cigarette in the abandoned church, and Karate Kid says to him, Hey, be careful, you don't want to light this place on fire, do you? But I don't remember uh, that in my movie, and I was like, oh, a little bit of foreshadowing, but maybe they thought that'd be too obvious mentioning Yeah, it. maybe that's why they took it out. Hmm. Although that might have helped with the pacing and the intensity a little bit. Because mm. I did think the theme of the helping versus hurting, like you had Karate Kid ultimately decide it was worth losing my life to help these kids. Mm -hmm. Because earlier in the movie, too, he didn't feel like he had anything going for him, which I thought was really sad. Like, when they're out on the playground at night in the park, he's saying, I wish I would die because my parents don't even notice me. I don't have anything going for me at school. I've got no future. Mm -hmm. And so I would have loved for the movie to end with him with some sort of bright future. But I'm glad that, like... Even in this terrible tragedy, he could see, like, he could find some satisfaction in knowing that he sacrificed himself for other people. Mm -hmm. And that was at least something that he could, like, that's not what you want, ultimately. But at least there was something that he didn't feel like it was useless. Well, and he did tell Pony Boy at the end that, he says, you know, I used to always want to die, but... Now I feel like 16 is too short. Like, there's yeah. more I want to do. So he did have an arc and a change of heart, making his death that much more heartbreaking. I agree. I had forgotten about that line. You're right. thought the interesting contrast, too. And then you have Matt Dillon, who dies, who doesn't end up really helping anybody in his death. Yeah. 
But I feel for him, too, because he's completely devastated at the loss of his friend. Yeah. Which, did you see that there was a TV show called The Outsiders? I did, but I have not watched it. Well, I just watched barely any of the pilot because I quickly realized this is not worth it. (laughs) Let's do with the movie. Um... But it aired one season, and it took place immediately following the ending of the movie. And so the TV show begins with the Matt Dillon death scene. And you just don't really see the other actors, because it is dark at the time, and so you barely see them anyway. But it shows Matt Dillon because, you know, he's dead. It doesn't matter. He's not in the Mm – going to be in the TV show. But it's like this – you know, uh, this. Do you remember a dramatic scene? Very sad. And then yeah. the theme music comes on, <laughs> and it's like, oh, we're a bunch of kids. We're just da 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 da. And like, I was like, wait, this really? Is not working. Yeah, it was like this upbeat intro, and then they they go to his funeral. Uh, no, maybe I choose a different song for the first episode. Yeah, well, it happy. looks like it only went thirteen episodes, so. Yeah. Oh, David Arquette was in it. Oh, interesting. And Billy Bob Thornton? Hmm. Wow, this title. And Patricia Arquette. Oh. <laughs> okay, so this title is an attractive thing to people who will go on to be huge stars. Apparently. If ever anyone asks you to be on a project called The Outsiders, do it. Be in it. This is your ticket. <laughs> Couldn't tell this to anyone else. My friends, they think I was off my rocker sometimes. You know that that friend of yours, the one that got burned, he might die. Yeah. And tonight, people get hurt in rooms, maybe even killed, right? You can't win. You know that, don't you? Doesn't matter if you whip us, you'll still be where you were before, at the bottom. And we'll still be the lucky ones at the top with all the breaks. Doesn't matter. Greasers will still be greasers and socials will still be socials. Doesn't matter. Anyway, thanks, Grease. Hey, I didn't mean that. I meant thanks, kid. Been nice talking to you, Randy. My name's Ponyboy. Watching some rival gangs not snap their way and sing their way to resolution, but rather <laughs> rumble their way <laughs> to resolution. In the rain. In the rain, in the mud. In their um, khakis. Does this help you understand Rory and Dean and their conversation? Yes. That, and that's a pitch-perfect reference for Rory. Because even though the there's not violence at Chilton... Mm-hmm. You definitely have Tristan, who, and, well, Madeline and Louise, they're kind of just the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. They just, like, <laughs> they just show up and do their thing and then yeah, get out of the way. <laughs> but, I mean, you have one of them trying to hit on Dean, and the other mm-hmm. one just being completely ditzy, distracted the whole episode, trying to remember if her mom can make soup or not. <laughs> Uh, not important. It's a, yeah, I know. Like, this is what you talk about at the dance? Good dance talk. But I think it's a pitch-perfect reference because you have this class 
warfare where Rory is the odd one out. She doesn't mm-hmm. fit in because she doesn't come from the same privileged background. At least right. not as privileged as the other kids. Oh, my goodness. And then similarly, you have Lorelai, who is in Stars Hollow, which I guess you could compare to the Greasers, whereas you have her parents in Hartford, kind of like the Soches. Mm-hmm. So different areas of Connecticut, different backgrounds, and then it all kind of comes to the head at the dance at Chilton, kind of like how a lot of it came to a head at that drive-in movie. Mm-hmm. But there's no violence. Just, Just a lot of awkward uncomfortableness. Yes, and highly intelligent insults. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I would, at first I was kind of thinking as, as we talked, okay, but if Rory is pony boy, like, who are her greasers? And I think that's kind of part of it. She doesn't have any. She has Dean, you know, mm. Dean was her backup. Yeah. Which and he's willing to fight Tristan. Yes. <laughs> yes, he was. Oh, I love that when he says, why don't you fight me? And he says, because I'll kill you, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm obviously tougher than you. And mm. then Roy says, I, because I love you, you idiot. I just always connect those two. Yes. Oh, I never made that connection. That's yeah. a great little internal connection in the show. Yeah. You don't want to fight me, Tristan. Why not? Because I'll kill you, idiots. Dean. What? Stop. Why? Because I love you, you idiot. Do you remember the first kiss? But then in the end when he asks her, so are you happy, pony boy? I don't know. What, what does that mean? That she's able to be content even in the midst of not her territory? It almost would have been better if he had said, are you staying golden, pony boy? <gasps> oh, my goodness. <laughs> that would have been Except that so almost, that might have just been too much to try and figure out. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And so then later in the episode, they accidentally spend the night at Miss Patty's reading mm-hmm. a book, which is not Gone with the Wind, but it is a thick book. Oh, it should have been Gone with the Wind. I know. That would have <laughs> been perfect. But then... It almost reminds me of how overnight Pony Boy and Karate Kid's lives changed because they mm-hmm. had that incident overnight where actually something did happen. They, Karate Kid murdered somebody yeah. in self-defense. And the same way Rory and Dean had this moment overnight that kind of threw the town up in arms and freaked everybody out yeah. and got her in huge trouble. Yeah. Hmm. So we can find all sorts of connections. Mm-hmm. I have to go. I'm, I'm going with you. We'll explain. It'll be okay. No, you can't come with me. You shouldn't be anywhere near my house right now. It's not our fault. I know. I just have to get home. Look, please, please let me come with you. No. Rory. I have to go home. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I screwed up, and I'm sorry that you got yelled at, but I didn't do anything, and you know it. within the hour, but we're going on to find 25. 
and then 30, and then 35, and then 40, and then 45, and then 50, until we find all 59 and take back the square! Yeah! Okay, Kirk, you're in luck because I ventured into the socialist territory and I found another Easter egg. Oh, snap. And you probably Whoa. hopefully didn't have to kill anybody. Hopefully nobody tried to drown you in a fountain. You know, I don't really want to talk about it, Um, but I oh, found boy. it. So <laughs> <laughs> is that why your hair is all wet? <laughs> uh, I, just, I was wondering this whole time it was in the fountain and bullies came and but i got it okay i'm here so just and that's why you've got blood all over your hands okay <laughs> thanks i've just had questions these whole times oh my gosh so incriminating i was trying to hold it in and i just finally couldn't anymore um so anyways uh easter egg right um rory she now you may think that Jess gave her the grand idea in what was it winter to write Gilmore Girls the book or the Gilmore I Girls. Actually, I think it was as late as spring. Wait, no it, summer because I think it was the oh, second to last. Right, episode. I was thinking it was the second to last, and I just thought that it went winter fall. <laughs> That's not right. Um, <laughs> you just went backward through the year. Winter, fall, exactly. summer, spring. That's how I live. So, yes, in summer. No. Yeah, summer. Uh, yeah, you, you may still think, a contender. Yes. You may think that it was Jess's idea for Rory to write a book about herself and her mother and their life together. It was not. Whose idea was it? It was Rory's. Like, inception ideas? Like, like Jess put the idea in her head as an inception and no. then she thought of it? No, like Rory thought of it season one. Hold up now. Ready for tell. this? No. Season yes, one. I mean, yes. <laughs> I'm ready. Tell me. Okay. Me. Okay. Well, you don't want me to really hit you, though, do, I, do you? <laughs> yeah, no, because you've got blood all over your hands, and I don't need somebody else's blood framed. On your framed hands. All over me. Yeah. Get it? <laughs> I do not need to punny. be framed for whatever you did, Kyla. Murder can be so punny. No, that's not true. It's not funny. Okay. Season one, episode eight. But it does Ooh, kill me listen. with its puns. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> a couple of writers getting a room together. This is what happens. Hashtag bad jokes. Um, hashtag punnerific. <laughs> we've, we've got to stop before yes. the universe implodes with our okay. awesomeness. Play the clip. So how many times are you going to listen to that? till it stops being sexy? Stop! That's my teacher you're talking about. I have to respect him. Okay, well, if it makes you feel any better, while he's being sexy, he's also being grammatically correct. Better. Thank you. Sorry I woke you up. It's okay. It's all fodder for the tell-all. Oh, just like the time Lorelai left her in the bucket. Which they talk about in the revival. <laughs> oh, remind or me of this. Or she's afraid Rory's going to talk about 
I went to all this effort for many, many years, making sure the people only knew what I wanted them to know. And now you're gonna lay it all out in a book? I don't want my mother finding out I left you in a bucket in a hardware store in chapter six. Are you kidding me? You're 32 years old. She'll still petition the court to have you taken away from me. This is such an overreaction. Oh, really? Do you know that your grandmother called you Susan until you were two years old? She did not. In fact, write a book about that, about a woman who leaves a baby in a bucket and her own mother takes her to court. It's a perfect Lifetime movie. Maggie Smith can play the mother. Mom, come on. You didn't think this through, kid. No, I did think this through. I am not a kid. This was not a whim. I sat down last night and outlined the first five chapters just like that. That's a sign. What sign? That this is it. This is what I am supposed to do. No. I'm sorry. I have to. Without this, it's grad school or groveling for jobs that I don't want. Find another subject. So I'm supposed to not do something that could change my future because you don't want grandma to find out that you left me in a bucket. That's what this boils down to? More or less. But you did leave me in a bucket. I, yeah, oh, I didn't remember that. So that was just one, and this was yet another thing that she would not want to come out and tell all. But yes, Rory, this was already in her head, so Jess probably just reignited this. Revived this incepted Re idea. Oh my goodness, he totally revived it. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so there you have it. Rory was going to write tell all all along. Can't wait to read it when they come out with more Gilmore Girls episodes on Netflix. Which, hey, Gilmore Girls won. Gilmore Girls A Year in the Life won the little bracket that Netflix did of best show of oh, the year. Oh, yeah. I saw something about that. So, not surprised. I'm pretty sure that means hey, we can make more money off of this. People like it. Let's go for it. And I'm like, hi to the five. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> but we've talked about this. <laughs> yes. Well, and other fun fact, I finished Lauren Graham's book while I was in California. Oh, yes. And I loved it. It was so fun. She just seems like such a down-to-earth person and all a great friend and a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I already said that, but I said it again because it's fun. Because she's fun. Can I say it again? <laughs> she's and, fun. Yeah. So hmm, maybe it'll get referenced in some of our future Easter eggs because she has a whole diary of when she films the revival. Oh, very cool. Definitely recommend the book. This is our other segment. Kyla and Taylor talk about new books that have been out for a while. <laughs> You're welcome. Yes. Along with our podcasts. Bow, 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 bow. The book is great. I definitely recommend it. And I wanted to give it a special shout out because I tweeted that I had read the book and then someone, a lovely person named Lizette B, who goes by the profile on Twitter, Lola's Cherry Cola, which Ooh. I think is a pretty great rhyming one. I like she, Cherry Cola. Yes. She said she loved the book and her profile picture is a super cute picture where it's half of her face and half of her face is covered by the Lauren Graham book. <laughs> And she said she's enjoying the podcast, and she's read the book more than once. So thanks for the shout-out, Lizette. And if I'm saying that wrong, I'm sorry. Lizette, Lisette, it's a beautiful name on paper. Yeah. And I hope I'm not butchering it. Well, we're glad you're enjoying the show, and your profile picture is pretty cool. Because you also have dark, long hair. It just matches it the book. It works very well with the Lauren Graham. Yeah, we approve. <laughs> In case you needed that. <laughs> you don't need our approval. <laughs> But you have it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's your Easter egg, Kirk. Hope you enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. I love you.
I think it's that time, Taylor. I think it is. To keep up in the double, double digits. <gasps> we just did episode 10! We did it! I'm kind of proud, not gonna lie. We didn't know where this would go. And now we're on episode 10, and we have no signs of stopping. <laughs> Never! You're stuck with me forever, Kyla. Yes! Taking this to our grave. Images of Emilio Estevez in his Mickey Mouse tank top and this podcast. Oh my goodness. Yeah, early pictures of Rob Lowe and just all of them. And Patrick Swayze. Oh my goodness. Squad goals. Hash to the tag. <laughs> That's a new one. Uh, and if I were ever in a rumble, I would want them on my team. I agree. Probably I'm... more than Rory. No offense. She could smart the Soches to death. But she would probably not be great in a fist fight. Dean, no. maybe. A Dean, yeah. Jess? Yeah, Jess would be good. He's short, but he's quick. Yeah, but also, like I said in the last episode, I feel like he'd just be like, guys, this is stupid. I'm going to go read a book. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Rory, come on. <laughs> We're going to read. Like, let's go. I don't, this is dumb. I want to uh, go. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he wouldn't be as helpful because he's smart. Yeah, and Logan would probably be too drunk to fight well, so. Yeah, that is true. Too dressed up. Yes. Did I tell you my dad listened, I think, to our revival episode and he goes... You were not kind to Logan. <laughs> Is he Team Logan? No, he doesn't watch the show. Like, he's seen scenes because it's on at our house all the time. But he was like, whew, you did not like Logan. <laughs> I was like, yep, that's true. You're correct in that. Sorry, not sorry, Team Logan fans. Yeah, and I... I don't know. I go back and forth on him, honestly. So You're not as adamant about it as I am. No. I go Team Jess... Team Logan, Team Dean. Team Wookiee. I can't. can't. (laughs) Team Wookiee. Oh my gosh. Let's just forget that ever happened. Apparently, though, I learned in Lauren Graham's book, that was the very last scene they filmed of the revival. That's kind of a crappy way to end. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Fun fact. I like it. Keep them coming. We should do a new segment. New realizations from lauren graham's book yeah of the book that came out in november <laughs> oh yeah that's true <laughs> just kidding <laughs> eh, it'll no work. we'll reference the book for sure okay um so that's our show guys hope you enjoyed it i enjoyed it <laughs> of course i was in it um yes. but let us know what you think of our interpretation and we'd love to get to see some reviews on itunes that is one of the best ways you can help us out Helps, uh, helps our podcast get out there more. Um, also, just telling your friends and everyone else in your life about us. Yeah, and if you leave us a five-star review, we'll totally give you a shout-out on the show. Yes, we will. So, yeah, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and on YouTube, and on our Tumblr. We're everywhere, all linked up. So, find one, you find Stitcher. the rest. Stitcher. Yes. But on Twitter, you can talk with us like Lizette did. At mm-hmm. So It's a Show. Or on our personal Twitters. Mine's tblake24. And I'm Kyla Kathnedu. K-Y-L-A-C-A-R-N-E-I-R-O. And our Gmail is so it's a show at gmail.com. Hit us up. We'd love to talk with you. And Tumblr, so it's a show podcast dot tumblr.com. Mm-hmm. That's where you can find all our resources, fun gifts, 
I, right now, as of where we are now, we have not released the Errol Flynn episode and we have been finishing up our Tumblr post that will go out <laughs> when we release the episode. And I got to tell you, I went down a rabbit hole of Zoe 101 clips. <laughs> if that gives so, you any indication. <laughs> we were a little late recording our episode tonight because I went down a Zoe 101 clip rabbit hole. So uh, that's embarrassing, but it's true. And it was related to our topic. <laughs> So it was legal. <laughs> so if you did not listen to our Errol Flynn episode and you were going, what the heck does Zoe 101 have to do with Errol Flynn? Then you should definitely listen to that episode. Go back one. It's a good one. It's a keeper. I know. I think that's one of my new favorites. <laughs> so we'll talk to you again. Here's the teaser for our next episode. Ciao. Badumch. You had a visitor tonight? Yeah? Who? Narcolepsy boy. Dean came over? Oh, yeah. He pulled the old tapping on the window bit. Were you mean? Excuse me, I am never mean. You were mean. He told me nothing happened. Nothing did. I know. You do? Really? Rory, there are only two things that I totally trust in this entire world. The fact that I will never be able to understand what Charo is saying, no matter how long she lives in this country, and you. <laughs>